Hello everybody and welcome to this game where with me Ashley and me Chris. Hello everyone. Hope you're okay. Hope you're okay Ashley. I'm very good actually. Yeah. Better than I've been for ages. Chipper. To the extreme. Chipper squared. What do they say? To the to the max. To the, no one says that. Chip, no one, chipper no one to the max. Since about 1996 and even then I don't exactly. think that's, that. I'm, I feel like that's my, that's my, um, what do they call that? That's my groove. That's nice. Like, about 1996, 97. That's if if I don't if I don't think too hard, I sort of get back into that groove of 96, 97. What when you were eight years old with no cares in the world? Eight or nine? Yeah. Well, I did have cares. I just 96, July 96 was when we moved house. Oh. So I found out what Punica was and had to move school at the same time. It was like highs and lows, <laughs> highs and lows, baby. Great. <laughs> What a life. Yeah. Also, the time that we got, you know, like, what was it called? Diamond Cable for the first time. Diamond Cable. Going from 96 to 97. Yeah. Virgin Media nowadays. So, basically, uh, cable television. Oh, okay. And had access for the first time to um, things like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Yeah. And spent most of probably the summer of 1997 inside watching cartoons it's fine it was amazing it wasn't just fine yeah it set it set the roadmap of my life yeah exactly i was gonna say it's not done you any harm long term at all yeah it's fantastic cartoon cartoons oh friday nights trying to sneak wcw onto the television what's on of all things wcw was wrestling but it's not wwf Uh. it's wcw it was on of all channels it was on tcm which is the classic movies channel at nine o'clock about 9 to 11 on a oh, Friday cool. evening. It was so good. It was so good. Well, at some point, we'll be doing the WCW game on the Nintendo 64, so you've got that to look forward to. I mean, I did start getting a bit of a wobbly to me then when you started talking about wrestling because I was thinking, is it going to be a wrestling game today? Because I, I don't like wrestling. And mm. the idea of doing it makes me feel a bit sick. Ah, well, I think wrestling games are fun even if you don't like wrestling. So we're not doing one of those, though, today. We are doing this game where you sail across vast oceans peppered with little islands, trying to find the tools you need to survive and unravelling a mystery that reaches back through the centuries. I was going to say the Link Zelda one the with the boat, the um, boat one, what's it called? I'm nodding along. The boat one. What's it called? The boat one. It's called the boat one. Legend of Zelda, the boat one. <laughs> Isn't it? The wind waker. The bin waker? Wind. Wind. Oh, right. Okay. You've got, the, the you've bin, got the, it. Yeah. The bin baker. We do the wind waker. The bin, it's not the wind waker, no. I meant oh. you've got the name of the game that you've been trying to guess for five minutes. But you haven't guessed the game that we're doing oh, today, no. no. This is awful. No. It's I d- fine. I don't know. That's okay. Because, I, because... I, can't, I can't not think of the Wind Waker now. I, I keep... I'll put you out of your misery. Yes, please. It's It's got wind in it, because it, and it's a bit of a curveball, because it's not an oldie. It's oh. a newish goodie, and it is called Windbound. Windbound. Do you know this one? You look... Before we started recording, you, you intimated you were quite windbound. Is there anything to do with that? I'm not windbound. I'm the opposite. It's coming out of my mouth <laughs> and my not mouth. <laughs> If I was windbound, things would be much better for this recording, but they're not. I'm free and breezy. I'm sorry. I, I said that. I thought, well, I bet he's going to be embarrassed by that. But you've leaned into it, so so that that's nice. You have to learn to do that when you were around you. I've, I've known you how long now? More than 10 years. Yeah, 12, 
30? Get, getting on for 15 years, yeah. yeah. So Fair enough. I, I've learnt. I've learnt my lessons and I've learnt them Fair. well. Uh, no, I don't it's know called Windbound. Wind I, I don't know Windbound. I don't know anything about this. So Windbound is a game that I found only today. Gosh. I know. So it's on a Sunday. We have a standing arrangement with Hannah's auntie and uncle who have a child, Hannah's cousin, who is eight years old. And that is um, import- important to know. Yeah, I suppose it's important to know for the context of we ring them every week and we play games, usually Fortnite. But we've in the past played uh, Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch and various other things we've dipped in and out of and today we rang them expecting to be playing Fortnite as a little team and all three of them were engrossed in a game called windbound and i'd heard of it i'd vaguely i I was vaguely aware of it i'd seen like the posters on the front page of the switch eShop, the nintendo eShop, and things like that but i'd never played it today they were playing that so i just decide I, I just thought well i'll check on ps plus and see if it's part of their new package of games and it was so okay. i downloaded it popped the controller in hannah's hands and together hannah and i adventured our way through a few hours of windbound and it impressed me enough that we're talking about it now so over the course of today you know, this morning you knew nothing about this game other than vaguely knew of its existence. Over the course of mm. today, it's impressed you so much you decided, well, I want to talk about this tonight. Yeah, because Grand. I think uh, this is basically this is basically one of those uh, episodes where I'm going to try and sell a game to you. Okay. And I'm going to do the, the back end first, because at the moment, Ooh. at least for the next six hours, as far as we're concerned, on the Switch, which is your platform of choice, it costs £3.99. Okay. Which is always a good start with yeah. you, I think. Low, low, low prices. Low prices for good, good games. Yeah, so £3.99. That is also the case on the PS4. It's £3.99 now as well. And on HumbleBundle.com, it is £3.19p. Now, I don't know when those prices will uh, will expire on the PS4 and the, the Humble Bundle website. But on the Switch, by the time you're listening to this, that that price of 399 won't necessarily be the price because that is for the next six hours only as of recording sorry suckers yep but for you chris this is your chance this is your chance to jump on the two-year-old windbound bandwagon right gone sell it or as would be more appropriate the windbound raft because this game is set on an ocean and islands in that ocean before I tell you any more about the game, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the background of the people that made it. So it's made by a company called Five Lives Studios, and that consists, or did consist, at least in its inception, of five people, hence the name Five Lives. It was Makes like sense. five lives coming together. Uh, those people are Chris Conti, Dean Ferguson, Mitch Clifford, Brent Waller, and Mike Diskette. And between them, they they are... They are very travelled uh, across the industry. They've worked for all sorts of different companies, including uh, the old Bullfrog Interactive and uh, also Rockstar and Team Bondi, which gives you a clue as to what some of them worked on at the very least. Right. Okay. Um, one of them certainly worked on GTA 4. They've been around, basically, but where they, where I believe they all came together... Uh, is at Sega Studios Australia and they were working on in uh, the early 2010s if you remember there was a remake of Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and it was actually 
Yeah, re- a there? remake. 3D remake. Yeah, it was a really nice, uh, really well done remake. I don't remember that you, at all. I missed that, that one. I'd have been well up for that because I, I absolutely adore that game. Yeah, it's a it's a good remake. You should have a look for it. I'm sure it'd be uh, very very reasonably priced, as is uh, your preference, as Absolutely. is my preference, to be honest. But they all worked on that at the time uh, that it was being made, but and that was actually the last game that was made by uh, Sega Studios Australia (SSA) because during the production, during the development of that game, they were canned and they were told six months ahead of time, which I think, in terms of being made redundant is actually fairly reasonable of sega they they got given a six months advance notice that things weren't going to work out and in that six months these five guys came together and decided it instead of sort of tendering their tendering themselves out to various different ready established already established um studios they would try and do something for themselves and the thing that they decided to try and do was make spiritual success to a game called syndicate it's a game i've never played but i do know of as being yeah sort of up there one of the one of the godfathers one of the the granddaddies of the of the industry yeah syndicate's game i've heard of but i I couldn't tell you anything about it i just know it's it's like like you just said it's one of those games kind of talks about hushed tones isn't it yeah, not hushed tones so much. That makes it sound like it's been, um, you know, Rolf Harris or something. <laughs> Revered, I should say. Yeah. Reverential yeah, tones. Yeah. In reverential tones, that's more more like it, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Syndicate, they created a game called Satellite Rain, which released in 2015, and they kickstarted it, which at the time was all the rage, but it's less so these days, mm-hmm. I think. Um, cer- certainly in the video game industry more more of a thing in the board game industry still but even there it's sort of uh ramping down but they kickstarted the game they they successfully kickstarted it it's called satellite rain spiritual success to syndicate released in 2015 and then after that they were looking at what to do and they were looking at the prospect of um kickstarting again and weren't too into that idea um they also weren't sure which direction to go with uh with what game uh, with the game that they made next their their sophomore is it do they call it the sophomore sophomore slump. entry yeah um and but what they what they landed on was windbound second second album yeah, second album syndrome as well isn't it correct yeah what they ended up on was windbound and windbound i don't know when the development started but it released in august 2020 which if you do your uh, pandemic maths is not a good time it really wasn't stuck in the middle of it yeah so i don't know really what the response was at the time because i had my mind at other places yeah um and i am somewhat concerned on the behalf of windbound that maybe it flew a little bit too far below everybody's radars and it's a shame because what i found out over the course of these last few hours is that it's a a great game made by what ended up being at the time a core team of about 12 people working for five lives and then um freelancers coming in and doing bits and bobs on various different areas okay so what is windbound chris i can hear you asking me with your eyes do you want to ask me with your face well is there any need your... to i mean that, that that was the next question what what is this because i've got in my head i've got all kind of uh permutations about what, what it could possibly be but uh go on, go on tell me more i no 
I'm not going to because you've just piqued my interest. I want to know, based on the things that I've shared with you already, what is Windbound as far as you can, as far as you've gathered? Collect together all the information you know. What do you think Windbound is? There's a raft. Your eyes went crazy there. Yeah, because you put me on the spot. There's a raft and there's water. Is there an old man? Not that I've met, no. Oh. What do you control then? The raft? You control a lady. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's I, I know you were going, oh, that's unusual. That's, that's forward thinking of them. Controlling a lady. Well, no, just cause it, it, in my head, I'm just associating... Uh, rafts with with like Robinson Crusoe and like Her- Herman Toothrot from Monkey Island. I'm just associated with Ruth mm. Rag- and, and Tom Tom Hanks and Castaway. I'm associated with with men with raggedy beards and maybe with a ball with a with a handprint on it. Um, okay, yeah. I, I can't well, think, I can't think of any stories off the top of my head actually where there's a a lady uh, Castaway. I'm sure that there must be. I'm sure. I there think are. the rebooted Tomb Raider that could maybe pass for that. In that she, I mean, she's not cast away. She's she's not stranded after a boat accident. I think it's more a plane. No, it is. It's a boat. Her boat crashes, doesn't it? Right. Or a boat I've, sinks. I've never seen it. No, I don't mean the film. I mean the game. The rebooted oh, I've not played game since the. Oh well, they're yeah. very good. They're very good too. Um, but yeah, there's there's that, and there's also Windbound. But so so you know there, there you go. It's okay, so so you play a lady. Two? Now I've dug myself out of that potential. Uh, sexist uh pit i got myself into that you're playing a lady yeah. you, you can, yep. is it uh is it third person is it isometric you're doing one of those teacherly tricks whereby i've i've asked you to do a thing and instead you're trying to tease it out of me <laughs> guilty as charged uh, and i know that trick so it's not going to work but for the sake of brevity and for the sake of you know moving things on a, a little more swiftly yes, i was trying please. to get you involved because otherwise it's going to be just me this whole episode it's fine um, Windbound is an adventure game, um, oh, okay. for all intents and purposes. You know, a la Zelda, you've mentioned Wind Waker, and it does share some similarities with Wind Waker. And actually, I think that there is an argument to be made that it takes some of, and some is important, some of the elements of Wind Waker and some of the elements of Breath of the Wild, and it they it throws them together into something slightly different because this is an exploration Consider driven. My pickles tickled now putting those two things good glad to hear it let me tickle them slightly harder for you uh because this is is exploration driven which i know you like yes please um the next two things less tickly more grabby uh because it's crafting which i'm not sure you do like meh and survival which i'm fairly sure you don't really like the idea of depends if it's scary panicky survival or or not a good a good um a a good a good nitpick that one because it's not as far as i've experienced it good. it might be in other circumstances because there are three difficulty levels but they're not easy normal and hard although they maybe translate to that it's adventurer uh something else and then something else and and one of them you lose all of your items every time you die and you end up back on your boat in the middle of nowhere or something. Whereas the one that we've chosen to play on is Adventurer and Adventurer is a little bit friendlier. You don't lose your items and all that. Definitely how I would be playing it. Yeah, me too. I I, I think, you know, it's most it's most fun with, with less downsides. I like that. Um, so exploration, crafting, survival, all in an ocean setting, taking place 
on islands in this ocean, but also uh, taking in the journey from island to island, a la uh, Wind Waker. What sort of, uh, just focus on that point briefly before we move off that, is, is it kind of, is it real world? Is it Pacific? Is it Atlantic? Is it a bit of an amalgamation? Is it fantastical? What's the sort of uh, setting for it? It's absolutely a fantasy setting. Beyond that, I can't really say. It's 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 populated with lots of different animals and the animals are definitely not um, earth-based animals. So yeah, it's a fantastical place. More fantastical than Toys R Us in its heyday. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, take take from that what you will. The character that you play as, this young lady, she's cast away on an island. And it, as I've said, it seems to be in the middle of, the, of nowhere. Close by, you'll see sort of off in the distance. And this is sort of Breath of the Wild game design. Close by, but, but sort of in the distance, you will see a tower rising up on another island, which mm-hmm. is supposed to sort of make you go, oh, I'll go there. Um, and then when you get to that island, there might be a couple more islands. One of them might be a, lo- a little island with a tiny, a, a big rock in the middle. or And another one might have another tower. And then even further off, you'll see like the glint of these what look like very large uh, eyes of a monstrous sea creature. That's what it looked like to me anyway. So it, it's it's got all of these. It's got it's taken a leaf out of what I class as Breath of the Wild's book. And it's it's seeded all of these tempting places for you to travel to yep. um off off that way and off this way and i really like it when games do that yeah, so. yes yes please that's what i say for that yeah so in order to get there though you can't swim there because you, you can swim in the game but it, there is a stamina meter and the stamina meter will deplete quite heavily when you try and in order to create in order to get more stamina you have to forage and hunt to get more to get food to refill the stamina meter and it's not quite as forgiving as uh, maybe other games would make that and that's where the survival comes in so hannah actually started the game got a couple of islands in but swam between two of them early on and because she hadn't realized that she could build a boat at that point and the depletion of her stamina was such that she found it very difficult to build it back up. So she restarted the game with the knowledge that you can build a boat between those two islands. And it was a little bit better. Well, it was a lot better from there. And she was able to manage her stamina a lot better going forward. So is this stamina meter, is that the kind of the the impetus to go through the game? You're crafting, you're foraging. Everything is in order to build up the stamina meter in order to get to other islands better, in order to find what's on those islands, etc. I think the drive in the game is the mystery. So there's a central mystery. And your only clue to it at the very beginning is that you've got these monoliths. And for me, the drive was to find out what these big towers were or what was at the top of these big towers. And even when you find the first couple of towers, you don't really know why. But once you found three, you make your way to another island and that then takes you to this, this chamber. And the chamber, it starts off telling you a story in pictorial fashion. The story is where it sort of reaches back in time to a land that no longer exists and a uh, a relationship between nature and man that no longer exists in the world but that you want to know more that, that certainly i wanted to know more about and explore more and again sort of seeding the future of the game that all happens on one panel in a hexagonal room where four of the other walls are empty panels so what you know is that over the course of the next few hours you're going to find out what that story was 
um, across those four panels. And that story sounds very, very prescient, and especially for the time it was released as well, you know, August 2020 with that. I was reading actually over the weekend about um, trends in, in novels at the moment, and it talked about how, I, th- I think it was called cli-fi. Have you heard of this? No, but so, it's a term that immediately explains itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it, I don't need to explain anymore. So it sounds like it, it kind of feeds into that, really, the whole idea of uh, the environment and the ecological uh, sensibilities. Yeah, quite possibly. I think there's a an element of that in games recently anyway uh, if you think abzu that sort of following that mm. idea and uh, alba which i know you're a big yeah. fan of yeah yeah and there's good point. also summer in mara which i was playing the prologue for yesterday which is the demo for intents and purposes the posh word for the demo uh, that's sort of an a reaching out to nature uh, affair or getting back to nature maybe mm. and i think maybe i'm not certain but i think maybe there's an element of that in this story as well although you do spend a good portion of your time attacking killing and eating the animals on the islands so yeah quite an irony there i don't know i don't know whether if if that is there whether they got the balance quite right on that but i but we'll we'll find out you will not get very far without a boat that is what hannah found out in in her first few moments with the game uh because because swimming is is detrimental to a significant degree and that actually is another drive for for me in games where it allows you to craft whatever's going on in the game or the story one of my drives one of the things that i like to find out is the thing is what you can craft and how those things layer up because always most of the time what you find in a good crafting game is that you start off with very low level rudimentary uh sort of tool like um things that you can craft that you can then throw together uh, that's like the the base layer and then you throw them together to make secondary level um items and then that pyramid gets ever more complex uh, and maybe isn't even a pyramid and maybe it branches out and you can make all sorts of things with these uh with these rudimentary tools that you've crafted maybe from grass or wood or or stones or or sand or whatever and this game's no exception in that so one of the drives for me is finding out what different things you can craft this also has this boat element attached to it as well because one of the things that you can uh, use your rudimentary crafts to make is is your first boat your first boat is made out of grass right palm fronds i believe and yep. grass ropes that you have made from the grass and you put them all together to make this little canoe type structure and one of the items that you're gifted at a monolith is an is an oar like a magical oar so you take this oar you attach it to your grass boat and you sail off to your next island as you progress through the game you will get more durable materials so as far as we've got um right now we've been able to find some bamboo and that bamboo has meant that instead of having a grass boat we've been able to build a bamboo hull is it hull i think so can we call it a bamboat? Bamboo a bam- and boat? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you can make a bamboat. Um, instead of having a grass boat, I can't think of a good no. one for that. But yeah, you make your bamboat. But then on top of that, instead of being uh, limited to just having, say, a canoe shape, you, you can also make with these bamboo, with this bamboo, you can make a platform. So instead of having a, a single canoe, you might build two canoes and pop a platform between the two. So you've got sort of a catamaran style Lovely. thing. At that point, then you you have the option of instead of building things on the islands that you are in uh, that you are visiting, you can then build them on your deck, so that instead of 
building them on the islands, leaving them behind every time you leave that island. You're building them on the day, you can take them with you. A case in point, one of the big in important things that you need to do is feed yourself. And every time you want to feed yourself, it's a good idea to build a fire in order to cook your food. Otherwise, it does less good or, yep. or even does you bad. But you're building it on the beach and then leaving it behind. Whereas it, at the point where you get this bamboo platform, you can actually build a fire on the pla- on the deck and you can take your platform you can take your fire with you everywhere you go instead of leaving it which is a good use of your resources as well like a, an efficient use of your resources crossing to that point as well uh, moana is another example of a, a castaway that's a girl just cross my mind you said about catamaran i've got i've got her boat in my head now so there you go there's another one for the uh, the uh, pantheon lovely yeah that is actually i think there's an element of conjuring up moana as well in the game because one of the moments early on sees the main character take a jewel that she carries around her neck and place it into a spiralized wow. uh, pattern on the wall. So oh. I think that is, you can't really do that without nodding towards Moana, no, I don't think. It's the same with the weapons. So the weapons are part of the crafting as well. So one of the first weapons that you're able to craft is a grass slingshot which it's not one of those it's not one of those sort of y-shaped elasticated ones it's it's a proper david and goliath oh, one, you know with that you around. spin around yeah. yeah which i thought was actually quite interesting as a as a first weapon a rudimentary weapon you don't really see that kind of no. you don't see slingshots in in games very often not that kind anyway it also has quite an interesting projectile arc so it arcs up like like throwing a a rounder's ball you know <laughs> Yeah, there, at, at, all, at all things you could have referenced around as Paul. Well, I think it, yeah. So in rounders, it's part of the rules that you have to give what's called a donkey throw. And a donkey throw is higher than it is long. Oh, so it goes that. up higher than it goes long. You can't you can't sort of baseball throw a, don- a, a, roll, a rounders pitch. You have to donkey throw it. You didn't know that? No. No. So... That is sort of the projectile arc of the of the rocks that's that come out of this slingshot. Is that a pa- parabola? Parabola? Is that the name of that shape? Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Or a donkey throw if you're talking in throw. sports terms. Uh, <laughs> and the gra- the grass slingshot has this arc. It also has this power up, which is quite slow because she's sort of trying to get the momentum going. Yeah. Your reticule is eight dots on the screen that are far apart, and as you as you spin your slingshot the longer it spins the closer these dots get until they actually become four dots in the middle of your uh, screen and those dots you can also use to um to judge distance so the higher up uh, sorry the lower down those dots are the less distance it's going to go if that makes sense yep and 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 it's not as easy to use as say shooting an arrow, a bow and arrow, which is usually like your your introductory weapons tend to go down that route. So I was quite interested to see that um, as as an opening gambit for the weapon system. Um, it does go slightly more li- uh, slightly more in line with what you'd expect. Uh, uh, the most powerful weapon we've found so far has been a a spear, and the spear the spear is interesting in itself in so much as you have to get in, into close quarters with the things that you're taking down, and some of them are. Are quite forbidding, or they look it anyway. They're less forbidding in the actual fighting. But I like the I like the fact that you're sort of crafting these things. It also has breakability, which is uh, 
I mean, it's not just in Breath of the Wild, but it's in terms of what you like and what you know. It's certainly something that that reminded me of that. It's one. That's one of the things I struggled with with Breath of the Wild was how I, I had weapons. I wanted to hoard them because I really liked them, and then obviously you couldn't because they smashed. And that was something I kind of you know a few hours into the game I was really struggling with. And then you just get on with it, don't you? And it just becomes part of the game. I think it's something that you come to terms with. Certainly yeah, with Zelda, yeah. you, with Zelda, you're used to your weapons being companions. So yeah. you've always you've always sort of got something, been given something, gained something, and it's it's been yours. You've you've owned it and kept it with you. Whereas Breath of the Wild completely upended that, and it was a bit of a it was a bit of a shock when you got this nice weapon, and then all of a sudden it was just gone. And, and it has happened so. So yeah. just like, like in the middle of the just fight. in a moment, yeah, and it's gone. Oh god, I like that one. Um, just to create so this yeah, point that... as well. I mean, this should have been something I should have asked a bit earlier on. Is this third person? I'm guessing 3D. Yes, type thing, right? it is. Yeah, okay, third person 3D. Uh, and um, are the graphics? Is it bright and breezy? Is it muted, or is it somewhere in the middle as well? I'm going to come back to that. There is this wildlife that I've referred to as well that you hunt for your food and and other bits and bobs that you might be able to make use of it uh, that you might be able to make use of um they have such names as blinks blinks are like a cross between a tree what are they called blinks are, are like to me a cross between gophers and sugar gliders if you know sugar gliders they yeah, they they these guys things yeah these guys run around on the floor they don't do flying but they've got that sort of look to them uh, there's razor hubs and razorbacks, which are basically uh, pigs or warthogs. Uh, gore horns, which are big, like really big, bullish ox-like things that have got these uh, rugged, rocky frontages on their faces. Uh, plain stalkers, which isn't the most inventive word, but the the animal itself is a is like a mountain lion that also has horns um, right. and looks looks pretty cool to be honest. Uh, all of the animals, I think, are very well designed. Um, as is the rest of the game so the art direction on this i think is is just is really pretty there are there are some little um rough edges that you maybe should expect personally i think you should expect from a team as small as was working on this but for making but, it this but, fast you know you think about breath of the wild is enormous and it has all these elements in and was done by a massive team I'm guessing it's not quite the same scale as Breath of the Wild, but you think about no. the style of the game you're talking about and the the graphics, etc. The the 3D gameplay is being made by a handful of people is is great. Very very yeah, I uh, think admirable. Regardless of any rough edges that exist, I think the art direction uh, went in the right direction. I think it's a very very lovely looking game. It's it's subtle and low key where a lot of games go for bombastic and uh, overblown. The thing that has for at least a decade been the thing to do is like really gorgeous sunsets and sunrises and and uh weather mechanics that that create conditions that you can photograph and i think this game creates photographable moments without necessarily going to the extremes that other games have and to to be able to have done that i think speaks of a lot of skill and, and consideration and thought on, on exactly what they wanted and what, what note they wanted to hit. I'm guessing, like you said, if these guys cut their teeth on the likes of you know, Rockstar Games, Team Bondi, etc., then there's, mm. there's some, some good pedigree there. Definitely. And don't forget Bullfrog. That is... Oh, yes, fair point, Bullfrog. 
Yeah, uh, that was Mike Disquette, uh, for the record. Mike Disquette was working for Bullfrog for a good a good while, uh, sort of through Magic Carpet, and I think he worked on Theme Park oh, as yeah, well. If he was working on Magic Carpet, that was like early 90s, so it's obviously been, yeah. been in the game for a while. That's just an aside, sorry. Uh, the soundtrack, similarly, is very impressive. It, it again evokes things that I think it, when i'm talking to you the shorthand would be breath of the wild is piano based ambience yeah i think that's a good way of explaining it and then occasionally it'll kick up into uh, another gear a higher gear for sort of more action orientated moments and i haven't had anything that i haven't enjoyed it's one of those games that i just i i was talking to you a few weeks ago about witchwood mm-hmm. and witchwood is this guitar witchwood's got a soundtrack that is unlike any other soundtrack that i can think of for a game and it's just got this really nice classic sounding guitar um i i just really love the soundtrack there and i like this one as much i think so that should say something mm-hmm. and that yeah it, it all comes together to create something that at least at the moment is uh pretty captivating and enjoyable i guess you could say almost like the crafting in the game itself you take all these elements together you can cock them into something and the the end product is uh is something to, to behold yeah and i would highly recommend it for you for you in particular but i think for a wider audience as well for you right now you've got the opportunity of getting it for an absolute pittance as far as i can say for something that i at least for me is uh, as uh has impressed me greatly do you know you, you said it's on ps plus which obviously is free well not for its part of that package but mm. um on, on switch do you know how much it retails for roughly usually yeah 16 pounds oh so it's quite a saving then 75 percent. yeah it absolutely is the game, according to how long to beat, if you're interested in the, the mm. lengths of things, the game lasts somewhere between 10 and 15 hours, depending on how completionist you are. I think £15 is, again, based on the few hours of experience that I've had with it, I think £15 would be a good price. I think £4 is an absolute steal. So I would jump on it now if I were you. Bro. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do once we finish recording it. I'm going to go and buy it. How about that? Wait! I, 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 so I've won you I, over, I? It, it, it sounds really good. I, I, I've not. Okay. I've, I've held off Google imaging uh, because I don't want the the tap 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 of the keyboard while you and I've been talking. But I, I'm so yeah. I've got an idea of what it's going to look like. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look. I mean, not, I don't think it will sway me either way. But um, I'm going to sort of just see what if it matches my conception from what you've described. But uh, it, it sounds great. I've got so I do need to buy again. This will be out of date. I think at the time of the episode release. But um, Bioshock is down to eight pounds in the sale. And I've, I've uh, been means by yeah exactly oh i've been mean to buy that in the sale at the, at the moment on switch anyway so that would be a, a a nice couple of games i think yeah you can play bioshock for some shooty shooty pew pew and then you can come play this for a little bit of time off yeah i think that sounds like some it. necessary time off a good combo i think mm-hmm. but- some of the bioshock moments i found a little bit hairy scary right poopy panty <laughs> poopy so panty. yeah so uh, yeah, this will be a this will be a breather good. game, I would say. A good counterpoint. Absolutely. Fab. Well, uh, that's that's one set anyway. So uh, I'm sure the five lies will will thank you at least for that. I don't need them to. I thank them for making this. Ah, oh, lovely. What a nice way to end the episode. Also, as I pointed out to you before we started recording, episode one, two, three, which is exciting. I like the numerical side of that. You love numbers. I do love Not, numbers. You don't. You don't like deep numbers. You don't like thinking about numbers in deep ways like a mathematician might you just like it when they pretty patterns make pretty patterns yeah that you can you can see without thinking too much what's the problem with that one 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 111 i bet that's one of your favorite numbers legs 11 
Oh, yeah. There we go. Yep. Yep. Right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please remember to come join us on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And like, share, subscribe, rate, and review, please. Yes, please. Thank you very much. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.